Thank you so much for joining us in worship today. If you have a Bible and you want to turn with me, I'm reading from 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1 and from verse 1. First John chapter 1 and verse 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, This we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared. We have seen it and testify to it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make your joy complete This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him is no darkness at all. This is the apostle who Jesus loved, John. John the Beloved writes to tell you what he experienced firsthand, what he had seen, what he had heard, what his hands had touched. And then he says these words, this is the message which we heard and which we declare to you. God is light. That's odd, isn't it? The disciple whom Jesus loved didn't say God is love. Church likes to say a lot, God is love. The apostle whom Jesus loved says, here's the message that we heard. God is light and in him is no darkness at all. The primary, most fundamental, most significant message about God, 
the message that he came to declare, that the apostles heard, saw, touched, that they wanted to make known to you, is that God is light. The first recorded act of creation. God spoke and said, let there be light. It's how the book begins. No stars, no moon, no sun. Before any of them existed, God created light because God is light. The book closes with a revelation of what our future looks like. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun. For the Lord God will give them light and they will reign forever and ever. The book opens with light and it closes telling you that there will be no sun and no need for it. There will be no darkness because the brilliance of his glory will give light to the eternity in which we reign with him because God is light. There are various descriptions through scripture of the appearance of Jesus, theophanies. Ezekiel describes one in Ezekiel 1, 27, 28. He saw, I says, I saw that from what appeared to be his waist up, he looked like glowing metal, as is full of fire, and that from there down he looked like fire and brilliant light surrounded him. Like the appearance of a rainbow in the clouds on a rainy day, so was the radiance around him. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. When I saw it, I fell face down. The disciples who were with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration record that he was transfigured before him so that his face shone like the sun in all of its brilliance. John, when he records in the Revelation the appearance of Jesus to him, says, out of his mouth came a sharp double-edged sword and his face was like the shining sun in all its brilliance. Here's how Jesus describes himself. He says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. It's what we have been called to. So Peter writes in 1 Peter 2 and verse 9, we are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, people belonging to God, 
who has called us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Jesus in the Gospels refers to us as children of light. In a particular telling of a parable, he concludes by saying, sometimes the children of the world are wiser than the children of light. But that's how we're described. Saul's conversion on the road to Damascus. It's about the appearance of a blinding light, so brilliant, he says that it blinded him. In that he receives a call to be a light to the Gentiles. I'm laboring a point to show you that throughout the scripture, God has always been focused on as a God of light because God is light. Church wants to get sentimental at times and focus only on the love of God. The reason that we're dealing with this issue of God is, is there is far more to God than a single characteristic. That single characteristic, God is love, does not sum him up, does not do him justice, isn't a sufficiently significant way to describe the awesome, majestic nature of our God. God is light. And in him is no darkness. There's a description given to Jesus. It was made first by the prophet Isaiah. You'll hear it repeated several times, I'm sure, over the next few weeks in the run-up to celebrating Christmas. The people walking in darkness, have seen a great light on those living in the land of the shadow of death. A light has come. It's quoted in Matthew's gospel and it's changed slightly when it's quoted. In Matthew 4 and verse 16, it says the people sitting in darkness, have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. What does it mean that God is light? In order to try to say something about that, I want to talk to you for a few moments about the characteristics of darkness. The people sitting in darkness or the people who sat in darkness the authorized version says have seen a great line there's a darkness of ignorance a darkness that is without understanding a darkness that suggests people don't know what's what. They don't know why they're here. They don't know what they're doing. They can find no purpose or direction meaningfully in life because they're ignorant of why they're here, what they were made for, what they were created for. 
And ignorance and darkness leads to error. I don't know how many of you have ever been in a situation where in the dark you were trying to make your way from one location to another and you erred. I've received a variety of bruises and bumps deciding I could move through somebody's house, hotel room, whatever, in the dark. Darkness, the absence of light, leads people into error. But there's something about this description, the people sitting in darkness. There's something about that, they've given up. They've sat down. The darkness that they're in has actually affected them. There is something that is described as seasonal affected disorder. Apparently when the dark nights come, there are some people who are more prone to depression and feelings of great sadness and despair. There's something about darkness that does that. We shouldn't be surprised. Everything about God is light. When God appears, he appears with light. When his angelic messengers appear throughout scripture, they appear with light. God is consumed with light. According to 1 Timothy in chapter 6, he dwells in light that is unapproachable. But with Darkness, people sitting while you're up and walking, you have some sense of purpose, something to pursue. But these people who were sitting in darkness, there's no point in trying to do anything, there's no point in trying. There is a sorrow that goes with the darkness that comes into the life of men and women. An absence of hope. Those living in the land of the shadow of death. It's not the sort of place you want to be, is it? That's how it comes to be. The land of the shadow of death. Death seems to be near. We're waiting simply to come to an end. Yet the hope of the gospel was that the people sitting in darkness had seen a great light to those living in the land of the shadow of death. Light has dawned. Darkness hides truth. Light reveals truth. So let me speak from the scripture about the light and what it does. God is light. Light brings revelation to our ignorance. Simeon speaks of the baby Jesus when he's brought into the temple in Luke 2. 
He says, let now your servant depart in peace for my eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared in the sight of all people. A light for revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory of your people, Israel. Simeon understood not only was this a light, it was a light for the purpose of revelation. It was going to take people out of their ignorance and out of their lack of understanding. God is light is absolutely essential to human understanding. 1 John 4 and 5, in him was life and that life was the light of men. What does that mean? It means you cannot make sense of life, you cannot make sense of the world and everything's going in it except in the light of him. It is the revelation of God that enables anybody to make sense of life. And if you're trying to make your way in the world without the revelation of God in your life, without his light, you'll never have a scooby where you're going. You can grope about in darkness all you like. You can head in any direction you want, but it is without purpose. John 1, 9 and 10, we're told the true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. The true light that gives light to every man. A revelation that is available to everyone. Revelation that enables everyone to make sense of light, life. Light reveals things as they really are. I'm not sure why people are consumed with darkness. There is a biblical reason. It's crystal clear. It's that men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. They were trying to avoid exposure. And the passage goes on to describe the level at which people tried to avoid exposure of their own sin, their own deeds. And how they use darkness as a cover for all of that. But let me make a side point here. It's not primary to what I'm saying. I wonder why the Christian church is so consumed with darkness in these days. Light's a glorious thing. Light's a glorious thing. I have a theology that drives what I do in terms of church, church life and everything else. I go to places where I'm in utter darkness. I can't see the people I'm speaking to and I wonder what's the point of this? What are you trying to prove? Because everything about God brings light with it. I want to look into the eyes of men and women when I speak. Some of you know you're not massively comfortable. Martin's told me off for keep picking on him. He says, you come and you preach at me when I sit at the front. Listen, if he goes four rows back, I'm so... It won't matter. I'm still going to come and preach to him. Why? The eyes are the windows of the soul. There's meant to be a communication between us. 
I'm not standing up here to talk over you. I've come to say something to you. I want to see the people I'm speaking to. I want to see you look in my eyes. I want to see the reflection of your soul as I speak to you. Because I'm trying to communicate something. This matters. We're not playing games. We're not trying to pattern ourselves in some ridiculous way after the world and what it does. God is light. It's the primary characteristic about Him. It's how the book begins. It's how the book ends. And it's everything about the book in between. A God who is light. I don't want to join everybody else who's hiding themselves in the dark. I'm happy to see things as they really are. There's a story told in the Old Testament. It's very famous. Because two women bring one baby to King Solomon, both claiming ownership of the baby. Here's what brought the matter to the attention of the birth mother. 1 Kings 3.21 She says the next morning I got up to nurse my son and he was dead. But when I looked at him closely in the morning light I saw that it wasn't the son I had born Inappropriate light leads to error. You can con someone in the darkness. But light shows things for how they really are. This is the light that we have received. God, who said, let light shine out of darkness. has made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. What a revelation that is. God who spoke light into being has shone in your heart and he's shone in mine. Not to give me some limited revelation, but to give me the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. It's absolutely staggering the light that we have received. It's a key to greater understanding. The psalmist says in Psalm 36 and verse 9, with you is the fountain of life. In your light, we see light. You see, without his light, you won't get greater understanding. You need that light to get greater light. Not only is he the source of light... In you is the fountain of life, but he is the source of all understanding. People can study and grow in knowledge in all sorts of ways, but true understanding comes out of a revelation from a God who is light. Because light reveals... 
His light is going to judge the motives of my heart. It's going to judge the motives of Davy's heart. God is light. What is really going on matters to him. Not how I project things. Not the facade that I want to put up. Not what I would like to appear to be the situation. 1 Corinthians 4 and verse 5. Therefore, judge nothing before the appointed time. Wait till the Lord comes. He will bring to light what is hidden in darkness. And he will expose the motives of men's hearts. That's what it means to have a God who is light. He will expose the motives of men's hearts. At that time, each will receive the proper praise from God. You can persuade me, I could persuade you. I can create an image, I can give you an impression. I can tell as many people as I like. I can have a website that says things about me that are outstanding. I can choose to reveal carefully stuff, hiding others so you don't get a full picture, so that it only makes me look good. One day you'll know exactly what drove Phil Hills. Because God who is light is going to bring to light what was hidden. And he will expose the motives of my heart. You'll know exactly why I did what I did. It really doesn't matter what they say now, good or bad. Because here's the message we heard, which we declare to you, God is light. And a God who is light will bring to light what was real and what wasn't. In the meantime, I needn't worry about it. Why would I get myself bothered? I can't judge things before an appointed time. But God, who is light, will deal with it. Into the darkness that causes error, God, who is light, gives clear direction. Psalm 43 and verse 3, Send forth your light and your truth. Let them guide me. Let them bring me to your holy mountain. Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and it's a light unto my path. John 8 and verse 12. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. There is no need for you to be bumping around, directionless, uncertain and unsure. 
because your God is light, if you will follow him, he will lead you in a sure, in a safe direction. He wants to light the pathway before you. He wants you to see where you're going. This is not a magical mystery tour with God. It is a light unto your path. A lamp for your feet. It seems to be tautology. Yet one of them shines directly in front of you, at your feet, so you can see what it is you're walking on, what you're walking in. But one of them lights the pathway before you. You don't just see what's under your feet, you see where you're going. That's the intention of a God of light. The intention of a God of light is to turn your sorrow into joy. The darkness that brings sorrow. Second Samuel 22 and verse 29, you are my lamp, O Lord. The Lord turns my darkness into light. Go through dark times, face difficult situations, wonder how it's going to work out. Psalm 18, 28 says, You, O Lord, keep my lamp burning. My God turns my darkness into light. That's the promise of his word in Psalm 112 and verse 4. He says, Even in darkness, light dawns for the upright, for the gracious and compassionate and righteous man. Even in the darkness, light dawns. God who is light is going to light the way for you. He doesn't want you to sit in misery, in despair, with a sense of hopelessness. One of the awful things about darkness is it brings fear. Just by itself, some people are afraid of the dark. But you know, some of the imaginary fears you've had. Times in your life, even in your own bedroom, you looked up in the darkness. And the shapes and shadows made by your dressing gown gripped you with fright for a moment. You might have been only six or seven at the time. For 13 years, I had an Alsatian dog. I used to walk him late at night in a very large park that people rode horses and things through. It wasn't a, a nice little park. That dog terrified me. He gave me a sense of security on the one hand and terrified me on the other because he did this thing in the dark. He suddenly stood bolt upright. And those radar Alsatian ears began to twitch and he looked. And I thought, who's coming? What's going to happen? I hope I'll be all right. And the dog's so black they won't even see him. Darkness and the issues of darkness causes fear. But God, as light, has come to destroy that fear. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Of whom 
shall I be afraid? It is not God's intention for you to be in fear. For darkness, darkness in the world to cause fear. The darkness of men's deeds. God is light. And you and I are light bearers. So Jesus says, you are the light of the world. God who is light brought us a message of light, a message of revelation, a message that was true, free from error, a message that would cause sorrow to be banished and hope to rise in the lives of men and women, a message that would banish fear and give security. And when it says, you are the light of the world, the light that he has caused to shine in your light shines to others. That's how it works. In him is no darkness at all. Darkness and light don't coexist. It's just about the volume of light. So we know that the scripture urges us, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Evangelism is not a program. Reaching the lost is not a program. You live your life. The light that you have received, the revelation, the hope, the strength, the encouragement, you live out in the world and you let your light so shine before men that they see your good works and they glorify your Father. That's actually how church is meant to work. That's how Christianity works. People are not meant to look at you and go, hypocrites. They're meant to look at you and go, wow, what a God. This isn't rocket science, honestly. This is how Christianity works. People look at our lives and go, wow, your God is great. Because they see your life. They see your light. That's how it's meant to work. Why? Because we've encountered a God who is light. And that light enriches our relationships. My relationship is meant to be better with you because God is light. From verse 7 of the chapter we read together, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. But I'm writing to you a new command. The next chapter. Its truth is seen in him and you because the darkness is passing. And the true light is already shining. 
Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates his brother is still in the darkness. Whoever loves his brother lives in the light and there is nothing to make him stumble. John says it as simply as that. If you're in the light, you will love. So he doesn't talk about God being love primarily. He talks about God being light. Because if you have come to the God of light, if you have had his light shine into your heart, here's what will happen. It will affect your relationship and you will love. The revelation of truth, the revelation that frees you from error, the revelation that gives you greater understanding, it's that revelation that brings love into your life. You sit there trying to love all you like, but without a revelation of the light, you'll be whistling into the wind. So we're light bearers called to let our light shine in the world. And that means people have to see the fruit of the light. There's fruit from light. Ephesians 5 verse 8 to 14 You were once darkness, now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them, for it is shameful to even mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything is exposed by the light, for it is light that makes everything visible. That is why it is said, wake up, O sleeper, and rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. The Apostle John wanted to tell you the primary message that they had seen with their eyes, that they'd heard with their ears, that they had touched with their hands. It's a message you don't hear much about, I'm going to suggest to you. This is the message we have heard. God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. I can trust him completely. There is no subterfuge. No two-facedness with God. There is no darkness in him. The book begins with light. It ends with light in which you will reign forever and ever. 
Everything in between is about how he brought that light to shine into the darkness of this world. Revel in the light you have and let your light shine before others so that they will glorify him. Amen.